Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're launching into a new show on today's edition of American Indian Living. With me, sitting right across from me, is Dr. Keith Schleifer. Keith is a medical doctor. In fact, was even a classmate of mine in we medical school. We were classmates. School. Yes, we were. It's great to have you on the show, Keith. Good to be here, David. Keith, you and I have done a lot of similar things over the years. Both of us have found ourselves working in intensive lifestyle change programs. You're doing that right now at a place called Eden Valley. That's Tell right. us uh, a little bit about your journey, how it got you to the place you're at today in Colorado. Okay. Well, I went to medical school in Loma Linda University out in California and uh, went into family practice residency and emergency medicine. And uh, I also found myself lecturing uh, in various parts of the world, former Soviet Union, helping people stop smoking, uh, helping them to eat healthfully. Uh, to avoid heart disease, avoid diabetes, or actually even reverse diabetes type 2 mm-hmm. and, uh, and reverse heart disease as well. And then in uh, the year 2000, um, uh, a Cherokee, Cherokee Native American asked me to help him uh, lead some camps to educate Native American children on how to eat so that they could avoid getting diabetes type 2. So Tremendous. I did that several, several years. So you were working with Native youth. You were talking to them, as I understand, about really traditional Native values, more of these plant-based foods, uh, more exercise. Exactly. Um, I know it's hard when you're working in prevention to see the results, but were there any things that encouraged you in working with that population? It encouraged me to uh, to see that it was great going to camp with them and uh-huh. and uh, seeing them get active, playing basketball and doing sports such as you see at camp. And uh, I remember them uh, commenting back, you know, boy, it was great to go play basketball with the doctor. You know, uh-huh. anyway, you could see that given the opportunity, they did like to be active again, which, of course, is key to... Uh, to preventing and reversing diabetes type 2. I mean, this is the real tragedy. Of course, it's not just a native challenge, but youth of all ages. They're just not as physically active today. And so whether we're working with native youth or youth from any other demographic, just getting them out and playing. I mean, it's, you know, some people are listening and saying that's public health. I mean, that's right at the heart of public health, isn't it? It is. So you have this experience working with native youth. You're seeing how things can happen in an intensive setting, it's in a, in a camp setting. Did you have experience working with intensive lifestyle change programs around that same time? No, I didn't. That mm-hmm. was, you know, like one week a year, one week a summer, and I, then I was continuing to do emergency medicine as my main line of work. Okay. Now, right now, you find yourself in a very different environment. Some of my listeners may have even been on the campus of Eden Valley in Colorado. I have visited there. It was many years ago. Others have no idea about what happens there. So before you tell us about how you went from the emergency room to Eden Valley, 
tell us just a little bit about what Eden Valley does. Okay, Eden Valley is uh, was about one hour north of Denver, mm-hmm. uh, right in the foothills of, uh, of the Rocky Mountains, 20 miles from Rocky Mountain National Park. Beautiful place. And uh, so what people, people do is they come and stay two weeks, and uh, we call them guests, and uh, our guests, depending on whether they're there for cancer or diabetes type 2 or heart disease or Lyme disease, different therapies, but, but the heart of the reversing diabetes type 2 and, and heart disease, for example, is getting on a, a whole food plant-based diet. So eating only, only foods that grow up out of the ground mm-hmm. and did not have a mother or didn't fly or swim. Okay. And uh, so just plant food and eating them as closely to the way they they grow. In other words, not processed, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, cooked. It can be salad, raw. It can be cooked. And uh, um, we find that there's currently now over 800 studies linking uh, animal foods with cancer, for example. That's amazing. So. That's amazing. So basically, you come to a center that's been there for many years. I think I first visited Eden Valley, believe it or not, maybe my uh, chronology is wrong, but I think I visited there shortly after we graduated from medical school in 1984. Wow. Have they been, have they been around there that long? Yeah, sometime in the 1980s. Okay, well, I think, I think that's around oh, the yeah. time I visited there. So they have this long history of helping people with lifestyle medicine, intensive lifestyle medicine programs, like you said, yeah. people coming there, living there for several weeks at a time. So, Well, two, two weeks at a time. Okay, yeah. okay. So this is not typically uh, where we find emergency medicine doctors. Right. So how mm-hmm. do you go from an ER doc <clears throat> to uh, an intensive lifestyle change doctor? Well, I've always been interested in my own health, mm-hmm. and so I've, uh, I've been plant-based, you know, a whole food plant-based. Some people would call that vegan, mm-hmm. uh, but you could eat potato chips and uh, fake cheese and drink beer and be a vegan and be very unhealthy and have diabetes and okay, heart disease. Enough, so, so I've been very interested in a whole food plant-based diet for myself, my family, mm-hmm. my three daughters, uh, my wife. Um, for example, my three daughters have never eaten meat in their life, and they're they're all three lifeguards, you know, not professional lifeguards, but uh-huh. they're active people and uh, have all have children and leading healthy lives. And, you know, so many Americans have this concept that, uh, you know, if you don't eat meat, where do you get your protein? Or how can you be healthy? And your kids but did just fine. They did fine. They consider the elephant. Hmm. The elephant is a vegan. Okay, fair enough. The gorilla is a vegan. You know, they get protein is in everything. You know, even 4% of the calories in watermelon is protein. So uh, eating a wide variety of plant food, grains and nuts and vegetables, some fruit, you'll get plenty of protein. You'll get essential fatty acids in the proper proportion to keep the body healthy. So you've been eating a, a diet historically your kids are raised on it you're still working in the emergency room though and at some point did this opportunity open up to go to eden valley or did you just say hey i want to get in there and train people to do these things keep them out of the er what was your motivation to make the switch well in 2015 or 2014 they eden valley called me they had 
heard about me from uh, their their board chairman, and they gave me a call and asked uh-huh. me if I would come uh, come be the medical director there. So and probably so, offered you a lot more money than you were making in the emergency room. Is that uh, safe actually, to say? <laughs> no, it's it's yeah. I, I really don't get paid. It's it, they do give a stipend. It's, okay. It's uh, I can go and work twelve hours in the emergency room and uh, make more than I make in a month at Eden Valley. So it's kind of like a volunteer position. Now, to me, this is significant because what you're telling us is that this is not uh, just a commercial endeavor of yours, but this is something that you have a passion for, that you're willing to really invest your time, your financial resources, your earning capacity to do it. Um, you've been doing it now there at Eden Valley for about five years. Is that safe right. to say? Yes. If you've been there that long, you obviously are not regretting it. I'm not looking at quitting anytime soon. I'm going to be there, you know, numerous years because it's rewarding. It's rewarding seeing people come and uh, and get better. We've seen people get off their insulin in three days. Wow. Uh, seen people get off... Uh, Three, you know, different high blood pressure medicines uh, within just the course a couple of months. Really? Well, uh-huh. you know, within the two weeks, we get them off one blood pressure medicine. But we heard back from uh, from this gentleman, and he was off all three, including very powerful hydralazine, as uh-huh. you know, David. Uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's very, a, a big gun. That's right. We don't can. usually just use that medicine willy-nilly, <laughs> That's right? very strong, yeah. So that is, that's tremendous. Now, I've heard a lot about Eden Valley from folks over the years because not only are you treating these, what we would say, more conventional lifestyle diseases where we'd say, yeah, clear connection with heart disease and lifestyle, clear connection with diabetes, high blood pressure. But when we start talking about cancer, most people would say, well, yeah, lifestyle has a big role in causing cancer, but more controversy about treating it. Right. So you're using some of these lifestyle measures as well as other things to try to help people who have cancer. Is that true? That's correct. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people. Uh, actually, a lot of the majority of the people that come to us have cancer, mm-hmm. and um, they're they're uh, they're seeking additional things to do. If maybe they've already had chemo, radiation, surgery, mm-hmm. and there's and it's not worked. Okay. And they're looking for something okay. else, or it. They're in the balance, and they're still looking for something mm-hmm. to do. And there's other people, David, that they just simply are refusing chemo and radiation, mm-hmm. and they're looking for something else. So so we're there to help them wherever they are in that road, in that continuum of uh, people looking for something something additional to do for cancer. So you've had these great results with <clears throat> diabetes, people with type 2 diabetes getting off their insulin, getting off their oral medications. Right. You had great results with the high blood pressure, people getting off medications, normalizing their pressure. What about in cancer? I mean, do you have some exciting stories there too, or is that a tougher condition? It was well, definitely a tougher condition. Uh-huh. And uh, when you talk about success, you know, if you talk to an oncologist, <laughs> okay. a, a cancer doctor, Depending on what cancer, success can be going from three months of, of life expectancy to 12 months. Uh-huh, and, right. they, and they count that as success. Right, right. Uh, there are a few cancers that, uh, are, you know, we can count on the chemo and radiation uh, curing pretty mm-hmm. reliably. But those are actually 
the minority of cancers. So uh, we had one lady who had uh, stage recently in the last year, stage four cancer, and she'd had uh, she'd had all the standard treatment and uh, was coming to us, <clears throat> and uh, she she you know she hardly drank any water at all. We had mm. to spend a lot of time just getting her to practice on drinking eight glasses of water a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of our treatment is uh, using fever to 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 uh, both weaken the cancer and to trigger the immune system to fight the cancer. So um, back in the flu epidemic, mm-hmm. 1918, okay. there were people with cancer who ended up getting flu, fever, and, and, and their cancers just went away. Really? Is that well documented? And, uh, that's well documented. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So the... Um, MD, a lot of study, a lot of uh, study was done at MD Anderson mm-hmm. using fever treatment uh, back in the 80s, late 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Germans have used fever treatment to treat cancer. So, so that's one of them. In addition to to diet uh, and exercise and getting enough sleep. So basically, this hyperthermia, this artificially raising the body temperature. How do you do that at uh, at Eden Valley? Okay, well, we call it, we kind of have a, a lay term for it. It's a, a fever bath. Oh, okay. So we'll put them in, uh, the, we'll monitor them. Uh, you'll be in a tub up to, uh, up to your neck in water that's uh, very hot, hotter mm-hmm. than a jacuzzi. Okay. It's, it's about 110 degrees 110 Fahrenheit. 110 degrees. Yeah. And then our goal is to bring the body to 104 degrees. Uh-huh at least, for 20 minutes. Okay. And then we're, uh, while we're doing that, we're monitoring your oxygen level, your uh, blood pressure every five uh-huh. minutes, your, uh-huh. pul- your pulse every five minutes. We keep ice on the, on the neck mm-hmm. while you're coming up to temperature. And then uh, once you are to temperature, we put ice also on the head. Uh-huh. So we're keeping the head, head cool. And... Uh, so anyway, uh, David, I tell you, we we don't give the glory when people are healed. We don't give the glory to any certain thing, the diet, the uh-huh. fever. We we give glory to God, the Creator. Um, this is uh, this is exciting stuff. I know there's folks who want to learn more about this. We have got to step away for a break. We're talking with Dr. Keith Schleifer. Keith is the medical director at Eden Valley Institute in Colorado. We're going to come back for another segment here at the ASI International Meeting. Don't go away. More to come. Cancer, other chronic diseases, things you can do that can make a difference. We will be right back after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call one 800 775 hope that's 1-800-775-4673 we'll be right back after this this is betty white i know you don't need one more thing to worry about but listen high blood pressure can cause kidney damage blindness heart attack stroke and you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right one in seven adults has it but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked and you can treat it if it is too high So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. 
Emergency medical unit, respond to 102 Maple Avenue, possible stroke victim. When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders in Stroke. If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov pubs. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose here from ASI in Louisville, Kentucky. We are speaking with Dr. Keith Schleifer. Keith is uh, basically making a huge difference in Eden Valley there in Colorado taking people through intensive lifestyle change programs. And uh, as we stepped away, he's mentioning that he's not doing this on his own. Of course, he's got a team. But he's seeing the hand of the creator helping in all of these uh, these things. Keith, you know, as you were mentioning that, and as we slipped into the break there, I've been interested over the years how many First Nation peoples here in this continent, Native Americans, had some type of esteeming, of uh, hydrotherapy or heating treatments. Now, some people would say, well, these weren't always used in uh, conventional healing practices, but whether it's the sweat bath or sweat lodge, whether it's uh, hydrotherapy treatments that I've read about in in Eastern tribes uh, using application of hot and and cold water, there is this um, kind of cultural wisdom in Indian country about using heat and even cold okay. uh, in, in treatment. So I, I think it's very interesting to our listeners if they they know maybe some of their own tribal traditions. And, and I'm always interested when I'm traveling around the country to hear from different uh, tribal backgrounds how people use some of these natural agencies. So you were telling us about the cancer regimen. You were telling us about the fever baths. There are also other elements, of course, that you're using, and it's all in the context. You're going to tell us about this woman with stage 4 cancer and how she fared. So you, right. you've got us kind of on the edge of our, our yeah. seats, at least figuratively, exactly. as you're telling the story. So, so tell us a little bit more about the regimen and then how this particular woman did. Oh, so, so the regimen you could sum up with an acronym called New Start. Uh, new okay. is for nutrition, so for that's the plant-based, whole food, plant-based diet. Uh-huh. Uh, e for exercise. Okay. W for water. Mm-hmm. And that's drinking enough water and then also using water therapy on the outside. 
hydrotherapy uh, saunas or steam baths uh, as well. Uh, S for sunshine, getting mm-hmm. enough sun, which gives us vitamin D. And vitamin D, we found out, is so much more than strong bones. It's like a, uh, it's really a hormone. It affects mm-hmm. blood. Mm-hmm. It can help blood pressure. It can actually help prevent diabetes type 1 and 2 by boosting the immune system. Uh, uh, is how it helps prevent diabetes type 1. Mm-hmm. Um, but vitamin D, get, getting your vitamin D level up is a potent way of stimulating the immune system. Reduces your risk of cancer, mm-hmm. uh, and can actually help prevent, help, help treat cancer. Okay. So that's the new start. S for sunshine, or supplementing with vitamin D three. T is for temperance or, or avoiding things that are definitely harmful, like mm-hmm. tobacco and alcohol, uh, and then the uh, the things that are good for us, using those in just the right amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, it is possible to drink too much water. If you drink Fair two gallons of water every day, you're going to dilute your sodium level, your salt mm-hmm. level. Uh, air, uh, A is for fresh air. R, very crucial, is for rest, getting okay. enough rest. People who average less than six hours of sleep a day die earlier, younger, of wow. all causes. Wow. And then T is trust in a divine power, having a relationship with a loving, our loving creator mm-hmm. who, uh, who actually came to this earth to show us how much he loves us. And uh, so trust, uh, getting rid of stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all part. It's two weeks of practicing all of those eight things. Now, folks who've listened to... American Indian Living over the years have heard of New Start before because it's not just Eden Valley that uses this approach. Of course, um, we've featured uh, Weimar Institute on the show before, and Weimar uh, actually is the one that kind of trademarked that New Start approach. But it's something right. you were using before, uh, you know, and, and people have been using before uh, the, the name right. was, was trademarked. Right. Um, here's the interesting thing to me, Keith, as you're sharing this. You've been telling us about things that people have had access to for centuries. Native Americans have used all of these elements for centuries. And what we often hear about indigenous cultures, I was speaking with uh, Dr. Robinson on an earlier show here at ASI, who's been working with the Chamorro people in Guam. And he was talking about these very same chronic diseases that you're treating at Eden Valley. And he was saying the Chamorro people didn't have those before the Western lifestyle was brought to Guam, and, you know, he included cancer in that list. Didn't have those chronic diseases. Yeah, yeah. So we're coming back now to the story because we've got a woman, and just for the benefit of the listeners, they often, you know, hear things, stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four. To make it easy for a layperson, what does that mean? Okay, stage four means she had colon cancer. Stage Mm -hmm. four means that it had spread to other parts of her body as well, or at least... Uh, it, it means that it was it was very big, mm-hmm. and or had spread, whether locally to the next organ or maybe to a distant organ. So she's in so, bad shape. The doctors, mm-hmm. the conventional doctors, have sounds like they pretty much gave up on her. They had, and now she's in Eden Valley. No one's going to fault you for using whatever natural remedies. They're going to say, hey, she got all the conventional therapy. The doctors have given up. I mean, they may have told her in so many words, go home and die. So she goes to Eden Valley. Now you're doing a bunch of stuff that I'll just be honest with you. A lot of people are listening to the show. If they never heard about doing this kind of stuff, they're saying, 
um, you know, why doesn't the woman just save her money, you know, give it to her kids because she's just going to die. This isn't going to make yeah. any difference. Is that what happened? No, she, uh, number one, <laughs> after working with her, she, she started drinking more water. Uh-huh. And uh, she got her fever baths and, mm-hmm. and changed her diet uh, drastically. And uh, and three weeks three weeks later, she went for a scan and the cancer was gone. Really? It, it was gone. Doctors and, told her the cancer was gone. Well, so how long ago was this? Uh, this was about uh, nine nine to twelve months ago, uh-huh. about and, a year ago. And is she still cancer free, as far as you know? Yeah, she's still still leading the choir up in S. Yeah, she's still wow. leading the choir and wow. playing the piano and doing well. Okay, so so basically, what what you're telling us and. You're not the first uh, physician that's been on the show that has told about some of these amazing lifestyle and natural approaches to cancer and how people can respond. But I know people throughout Indian country and beyond are inspired by these kind of stories. You wouldn't say, though, that this is a panacea. Anyone with cancer can come to Eden Valley and they'll be cured, right? Correct. It's it's just there's no guarantees. There's, we just We can't predict who's going to respond or not mm-hmm. uh, you know we've seen we've seen it happen always we've we, you know in, in every different way everyone everyone seems to be benefited to some degree one one gentleman had a esophageal cancer had to quit work he was basically bedridden when he came to Eden Valley he was he was able to get to get around you need to be able to eat mm-hmm. and you need to be able to walk basically mm-hmm. to come to Eden Valley because exercising and eating the right things is, is are crucial. Uh-huh. Uh, so at any rate, after two weeks, well, after a few days, he was going up and down the stairs wow. much better. Uh-huh. There was a smile on his face. He was mm. out of pain. Uh, when he went home, he felt so much better. Mm. He went back to work. Wow. And he enjoyed his work. And uh, he did really great for eight months. And then suddenly... Uh, took a downturn and died within a week or two. Wow! In, in other words, we're, lived eight eight month eight more months, very healthfully, active with his family. His family was were very grateful. Uh-huh. It's like they had him back again. Wow! For some months, so I, so you know he ended up dying in less than a year, mm-hmm. but he had his life back mm-hmm. for eight months. Rather than going through grueling therapies and right. laying in bed the right. whole time. Yeah, laying in bed, suffering the whole time. Uh, so we see people live longer. We see people feel better. We see some people cured, but mm-hmm. not not all people mm-hmm. cured. It's not a it's not a panacea or anything. Well, thank you for giving us hope when it comes to cancer. <laughs> you mentioned uh, Keith that um, there's other diseases disease states you're treating. Before we go there, uh, folks are saying, you know, you've been talking about Eden Valley. How do I get a hold of? Dr. Schleifer, how do I, you know, contact your institution? How do they do that, Keith? Okay, uh, the website is Eden, like Garden of Eden. So Eden-Valley.org. So Eden-Valley.org. Number is 970-669-7700. Okay, I want you to give us that number again, and I'm writing it down as you uh, give it. So it's 970, did I get that right, area code? Yes. And then what's the rest of the number? 669-7730. Okay, so and the reason I'm going over this 
is because if you're listening and that went by too quickly or you're driving, call the station that's, uh, that's airing American Indian Living. The networks that air the show, they get information each week about the program. And they'll, uh, they should have access to this number. 970 area code 669 and then 7730. Have I got it? That's right. Okay. And uh, you would encourage anyone who's got cancer, heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure. Yeah. Think about Eden Valley. L- yeah. Other things. Lyme disease. Uh-huh. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Really? So uh, these autoimmune diseases they yeah, respond to? Yeah, autoimmune diseases. Correct. Wow. Keith, we could get you behind the mic uh, for an uh, entire hour, but I know there's someone else waiting in the wings who wants to join me. So um, tell you what, if we get another chance this uh, this event at ASI, maybe we'll, we'll grab you again. Okay. Well, it's a pleasure, pleasure Dr. DeRose. Okay. David, my friend from medical school. Very good. Dr. Keith Schleifer joining us from Eden Valley Institute in Colorado. We've got more coming up. Another great guest. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke. Sudden weakness on one side or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit. Studies show that children and teens who get at least 60 minutes of physical activity a day reduce the risk of obesity, heart disease, anxiety, and increase their overall mood. So whether it's around your neighborhood or at school, just get out and play. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute since 1936. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Diabetes affects more than 29 million Americans. If left untreated, diabetes can lead to serious health problems such as heart disease, stroke, blindness, and kidney disease. Your family's health history can be an important factor in determining your risk of developing diabetes. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you and your family. Do all you can to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes. Visit yourdiabetesinfo.org to learn more. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. 
We are speaking more about things that can change your life. With me, another physician sitting across from me here at the ASI International Event. It's Joyce Che. She's an MD as well as uh, having a master's in public health degree. And she's been especially looking at a topic that is very much of interest throughout Indian country and beyond. That condition is autoimmune diseases, autoimmune diseases, diseases where the body is actually attacking itself. Joyce, it is so good to have you here at ASI. Thank you. So, Joyce, tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I am an ophthalmologist. Mm-hmm. Um, I work, this is about my 16th year working as an ophthalmologist, and so I work full-time doing that. Um, I was trained traditionally. I always had an interest in lifestyle medicine. Okay. I was doing a lot of health education and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I realized that uh, when patients got really sick or people in, that I was doing health education with would come up to me and say, I have this issue and it was a real serious problem, mm-hmm. like cancer mm-hmm. or even autoimmune conditions. Mm-hmm. And they seemed to be doing all the right things that I didn't know what else to do. Okay, okay. And then I found myself having these issues. Wow, wow. So let's get the picture here. So most folks that are tuning in, they understand an ophthalmologist is a medical doctor who specializes in the eye. Right. Okay, and the range of things you're doing from diagnosis to treatment, surgeries, cataract removals, the whole range of things, right? So you're a a high-tech, highly trained physician and you've got patients coming to you, maybe they have eye complications from an autoimmune disease. That often happens, right? Possibly, yes. Or I know with some of the conventional medications we use for autoimmune diseases, some of them can adversely affect the eye. We might be sending them to the ophthalmologist. So you see these folks coming through your doors. monitoring. Right, and you're talking to them. Yes. And you're saying, wow, this person looks like they're living a healthy lifestyle. Well, I had those issues, Uh and then like also... This was the other thing that was happening. I would I would counsel my patients, mm-hmm. and some of them would make really very great um, changes in their lifestyle, okay. uh-huh. lose weight, stop right, smoking, right. these kinds of things. And I realized, you know, all, up until this point, I would feel really good about making a change in one or two people's lives. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, if I keep going on the next 20 years doing this, I will still impact very few people because mm. many people would come back and they'd say, well, but you're the only doctor talking to us about this. And so I realized there was a combination of things. One was I was developing my own problems that I uh-huh. couldn't find a, a good paradigm okay. to help. The number two, I was realizing that within medicine, it was limited in how much I could really make an impact mm. on people's lives. And so there were two things that were happening. Okay. So autoimmune diseases are some that you mentioned. We spoke about it in general, but... Give us some specifics for lay people listening to the show. When we say autoimmune diseases, what are some diseases on that list? So with autoimmune disease, I think that what people might be familiar with is like, say, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis is a huge deal, Uh multiple sclerosis, lupus. Mm -hmm. Um, These are all, you know, traditionally known autoimmune conditions. Okay. But what people may not be aware of is that most people who develop a diagnosis of autoimmune disease, it takes them years to develop the right kind of lab findings Mm. so that, you know, their disease gets serious enough that they become diagnosable. Okay, interesting. And along the way, it's just like this mysterious constellation of symptoms that Uh people don't really know, like, what is it that you have? Fair enough. And that was probably me. Okay, so... 
you as a physician say, well, I may not fit a diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or maybe even inflammatory bowel disease, right. or, uh, but I'm not feeling right. Exactly. And so you had this motivation to try to improve your own lifestyle. Exactly. So what, uh, what happened uh, with this background? Um, okay, I'll just tell you a little bit about my story. So in my 20s, when I was in medical school, I was put on a very powerful antibiotic. Are you familiar with Covaflaxacin? Um, actually, I can gather what uh, class of antibiotic it's in, but I don't think I've ever used it. You know why? Tell me. Because it was taken off the market almost immediately. Oh, okay. Because it caused liver failure and death. Wow. And I was put on it because it was a brand new antibiotic. Oh, my. Okay. And, of course, when we get brand new things, it sounds really great. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that antibiotic, after I took it, it um, just really wiped me out. Wow. So it was a fluoroquinolone? It was a fluoroquinolone. Okay. And you're aware that fluoroquinolones have a black box warning. Yes, yes. are now people know they are associated with connective tissue problems Mm -hmm. they are mitochondrial poisons and there is a delayed response even it will be progressively worse like for me i develop progressive weakness and And these just just for the benefit of our listeners so more common drugs in this class would be things like cipro or levaquin and some of these that many people have been on many people yeah yeah. and many people are put on them on um over and over, repeatedly mm-hmm. for like urinary tract infections mm-hmm. and respiratory issues. And but you had one that seemed especially bad. It was so bad that even the FDA pulled it off the market in a short exactly. time. So you took the course of this drug, uh, right. just a course, maybe a week or so something. So naive. Like. Okay, well, well, we, we, we all live and learn, don't we? And, um, and, and then, you immediately had problems after Immediately, like I, when I would take it, it would just wipe me out. Wow. It would cause me to have photosensitivity and i just looked at the list of side effects and i knew oh it's a it's a possible side effect and um but i just kept taking it uh-huh i was a real good patient and um after that course of antibiotics i just remember just feeling really like brain fog uh-huh, wiped uh-huh. out and i recovered slowly from mm-hmm. it but in the years that followed immediately i realized I was so weak. I would go mm. water skiing and I couldn't get out of the water. Wow. I would I would look at kids like my sister had a baby and I would think, I hope I don't drop this child. You know, wow. I was I was that weak. And I just thought I must be really out of shape from just studying so hard, uh-huh. I guess, in medical school and I just I just I just thought it it was me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had no idea. It wasn't until just a few years ago that I I was looking up fluoroquinolones. I I was thinking I just read something about um, these people who would take one dose of Cipro and they'd be on disability. Like, just how badly it affected their forms for this now. Uh-huh. And I realized what had happened to me. And um, over the years that followed, I developed other problems. Like, I developed um, brachial plexus issues. Okay, so that's with the nerves going through your arm. Yeah, uh-huh. so I, w- I had weakness. And I'm a surgeon. Oh, wow. Um, I had... You know, then I started developing brain fog and... Uh, now, help us out because, you know, lay people hear someone say brain fog and even physicians hear people say that. What does that really mean, brain fog? What, what are we referring to? Well, in my case, it was just uh, I, I could hardly think. I felt sometimes like I wasn't even there. I felt like I was watching myself wow, sometimes. Wow. And 
for in my case, I, I'm a pretty good surgeon. I, I would like to think, uh-huh, not to uh-huh. like brag or anything no, like right, that. Right, you know, right. but I've had people say, you know, I would really love for you to do my surgery uh-huh. after they watch me operate, right? right? These are other professionals. These are these are my you know mentors, and they're right, like, you know, right. when I'm when I'm ready to retire, you can uh-huh. do my surgery. Okay, well that's a good that's a pretty good commendation, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. So. Um, and it got to the point where, uh, I remember I went to a lab to learn a new surgical technique uh-huh. and I couldn't do it. Yeah, Cause you couldn't remember the technique? No, I just, I couldn't do it. Uh-huh. I just, it was a more challenging way of doing things. And uh-huh. it was something that I'd been able to do a year or two before in a prior lab uh-huh. and I just couldn't. Wow. And, um, it caused me to have a lot of, uh, anxiety sure, about sure. my skills and, and, if I look back at things too, my surgical times were much longer. Mm-hmm. You know, it just took me longer to do things. Okay, okay. So and the surgery that would take 20 minutes is now taking 35. Well, I do more surgery now, and okay. so like now it takes me, yeah, very few, very little time. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, it just even in the last few years since changing my lifestyle and everything, it's I've sped up. My pain is so much better. Uh-huh. Like this, my symptoms were. Severe pain, myalgias, which is um, muscle pain, uh-huh. a little bit of um, joint and arthritic pain. Okay. And um, but the pain was huge, like really? it was, it was just constant. And uh, yeah, I mean, and I couldn't tell anybody. I couldn't go to a doctor and tell them. I couldn't tell a colleague because nobody would understand what I was talking about. She's just been like, working too hard. Like and, you know, why yeah. is she focusing on these things so much? Because if you're not experiencing it, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And, I, and so I just dealt with it. So what I'm already appreciating about the story is I hear you saying, Joyce, that you're better, much better now than you were, and you've got our interest because you obviously changed something right. that's been responsible for you experiencing progress. Am I, am I reading between the lines you, too much? You are correct. Now, the other advantage I have is that you're sitting across from me holding a copy of your book yeah. called The <laughs> Autoimmune Plant-Based cookbook yes. and its uh, subtitle is recipes to decrease pain optimize health and maximize your quality of life and uh, you and a co-author mercy ballard who's a registered nurse wrote this together so i am gathering that this book includes some of the things you learned yes. about how to improve autoimmune conditions for yourself correct so how long ago was it that you started making these connections and began to experience improvement Okay, so in 2011, I was diagnosed with leaky gut. I was okay. told that I had multiple food sensitivities. And so I eliminated a lot of foods. I started feeling better. Mm-hmm. 2015 or so. Now, let's just stop just for a minute because leaky gut, we've heard the term before. I've even had people on the show who've talked about it. But a lot of people kind of say, oh, leaky gut, not, yeah. a, not a real condition. Right. How does someone diagnose leaky gut and what is it? So leaky gut is a condition where the intestinal cells, rather than being very tightly adherent to each other, they lose those uh, tight junctions, mm-hmm. as they're called. And now you have, instead of a, this, this nice barrier for like, so that food, as it goes into your digestive system, it'll just, your cells will absorb the nutrients as they're broken down and digested. Now you have larger particles of food that might have access to the bloodstream okay and uh you have toxins that might have access to the Mm -hmm. bloodstream and you lose that membrane you lose it becomes more permeable 
So basically, instead of having a, a protective, intact intestinal lining where everything's got to be broken down into tiny constituents, now larger molecules are coming in, and right. presumably this can trigger allergies and autoimmune conditions? It, yes, and certainly inflammation and pain, and, and it can, I mean, your body might see a larger protein and think, well, that looks like my muscle. Mm. I think I'll go and get rid of that, okay. and then it con okay. gets confused possibly and starts attacking self instead, and that's what autoimmune is, right? It's mm -hmm. when your body gets confused and starts attacking cells. So how is, how is a condition like that diagnosed? When you say you were diagnosed with it, what specific tests or how do they evaluate that? There are a number of things that um, people can do to test for leaky gut, but one of the things that most practitioners will do is they'll test for food sensitivities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, the reasoning for that is if your gut is leaky enough that you'll probably be developing these sensitivities Okay, to okay. So basically, you have this testing done. It's a blood test. So there are different types. Mm -hmm. You can do blood testing. That's IgG usually. Mm -hmm. Some of it's IgA, you know, when we test for celiac disease. These are different types of uh, um, antibodies. Mm -hmm. um, I also did stool testing, IgA stool testing. Okay. We're going to talk more about your story. We've got to step away just for, uh, just for a couple minutes here. We're talking with Joyce Che. She's the uh, author, co-author of the Autoimmune Plant-Based Cookbook, and she has a story about autoimmune disease healing in her own life. You don't want to miss it, and making those connections can save your life, save someone that you love and your family and your tribe. We'll be back with more on today's edition of American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose, we will be right back after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Diabetes is a serious disease that runs in families. If your parents or siblings have type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of getting the disease. If you're African American, Hispanic, or Latino, American Indian, Alaska Native, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, you also have a higher chance of developing the disease. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you understand your risk. Visit the NDEP website at yourdiabetesinfo.org for diabetes prevention tools, including the Family Health History Quiz. It started off as a normal day. I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand and someone called for me. Because everyone acted quickly, doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. 
Know the signs. Act in time. Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You are back with Dr. David DeRose for our final segment of today's edition of American Indian Living. I am talking with another physician sitting across from me, an ophthalmologist, Dr. Joyce Che. Joyce, it's been great to have you on the show. You've been so open sharing your own life story, some of those real serious challenges, weakness, starting to question your professional competence. Right. And, I mean, this is a crisis for a it's physician. It's super, super crisis. So what did you do? How did you, you get this diagnosis of a, a leaky gut, but where does that take you? So, you know, the biggest thing for me was just the mental aspect of it, staying okay. calm. <laughs> okay, fair You enough. know, and trying to figure out what I was going to do to make it. Mm-hmm. And, um... One thing was my faith, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to figure out like, what does my, faith, what is my faith going to give to me? Uh-huh, how am uh-huh. I going to, how do I deal with all of this? And I, for me, the biggest thing was just trusting in God throughout it, mm-hmm. all of this mm-hmm. and just saying, Lord, I know you have a plan for my life. I'm just going to keep moving forward, but please help me to find out what the problem is. Mm-hmm. And, um, I eventually, after the diagnosis of leaky gut, I did the elimination diet okay. that did improve things for me. But when I tried to reincorporate food, because I didn't know how to do this, um, a few years later, I started developing worse problems. So elimination diets, familiar to, to some of us in medicine, yes. even many people in, in medicine get confused about this. But when I would do a very strict elimination diet, I would put a, a person on a total water-only fast and okay. then gradually add things back. When you went on an elimination diet, what did that look like? So I had had a blood test done by one of my practitioners, the first person. Mm-hmm. And so I just eliminated all the things that I could eliminate. And, you know, I had a very simple diet. I was eating like maybe oatmeal with greens and red, I mean, tomatoes. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's very simple. And these were all things that when you had your testing done, you were not sensitive to. Supposedly, yeah. Okay, so all the things that showed up as red flags, you dropped out. Right. And now you're eating this very right. simple diet. Right. And you made improvement. It and I like. didn't even test positive for gluten at that time. Okay. okay. But, uh, it, you know, as I read more about it, I just took myself off of okay, it. Okay, uh, You know, the more that I would read, I would just think, okay, I'll try that too. Uh-huh. And it was just becoming kind of restrictive. Okay. So in 2015, I tried to put myself back on, like, say, soy, organic soy, uh-huh. organic corn, uh-huh. and these types of things. And I found myself getting, you know, worse problems. Like oh, the okay. pain was coming back. I was developing shortness of breath wow. and respiratory issues. If uh-huh. you have leaky gut, you're going to probably have other mucous membrane issues mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the lung is it's okay. one of those areas so you made progress for a year or two is that for safe a few to say? years okay. and then and then 2015 i was starting to regress wow so what do you do at that point so i learned about the years restored lifestyle center um from a, a testimony someone gave and i thought you know that's interesting this woman actually helped somebody who had um, autoimmune liver failure. She had had a liver transplant uh-huh. and, you know, 
how she helped this family, I just thought, that's intriguing. I'm going to go find out about this. Wow. Years Restored was the name of the ministry. That's what Mercy, that's her lifestyle center. Okay. So the co-author of your book, Mercy Ballard, runs a lifestyle center. She had her own issue with um, uh, this whole autoimmune problem, and she started a lifestyle center. And where is her lifestyle center based? It, where it's is in Forbestown, um, California. It's like in the mountains. I don't um, even know where Forbestown is, and I know, I've lived in, in various parts <laughs> of California. It's, it's where just, is it? It's like 70 miles north of Sacramento. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so you went to this program? I went there with very little, I didn't have any expectations because I thought I've been to so many different lifestyle mm-hmm. centers and I'm pretty sure I, I've been on an elimination diet. I've been reading. I have a master's in public health. Okay. And okay. I thought, I know a lot about nutrition. What am I going to learn? Mm-hmm. Um, but I went because I thought, I'll see how somebody else does this. Sure. And uh, she does five days of detox where you're drinking all these, you know, teas. You're drinking poultice drink, just like we do poultice for the external. Uh-huh, she uh-huh. does drinks that are supposed to coat the inner, the huh, digestive system as so well. So they'd use things like slippery elm and stuff like they that? They have more like charcoal do? and uh, clay and uh-huh. a, a diatomaceous. It, she, she had some slippery elm and some of the herbal mixtures as uh-huh, well. Uh-huh. So for five days, you're just drinking and you're not eating. And you know what happens when you don't eat? Mm-hmm. You give your digestive system a rest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And on the third day of this, I woke up and went on a walk. And I realized that I didn't have pain. Tremendous. Tremendous. And that I was able to breathe. I wasn't having the difficulty breathing at night that uh-huh. I had. And, um, you know, that's what got me. I'd been to other places and it hadn't happened mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, you know, this is really, this is a real, I will do whatever it takes to keep this experience mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Know? So, so you were able then to start gradually adding things back after this fast and this regimen? Well, I added new things because okay. on this diet, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. We recommend, we teach people why this is happening. You okay. know, like autoimmune disease incidence is going up. Right, right. And so why is that happening? Is it because these diseases are just so bad or is it because our paradigm is wrong? Hmm. What's happening? Right. right? right it's like right. Uh, it's like autism, for instance. Autism is going up. They say in ten years, if if it keeps going up at the same rate, one out of two kids is going to have autism. Wow. And so either you're going to keep going and just see what happens, or you're going to f- try to look around and see what is happening and what am I going to do to mm-hmm, change things. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I just thought, you know, we were looking at what's happening with agriculture. Mm-hmm. You know, what's happened in the last 30 years with glyphosate, mm-hmm. with GMOs, mm-hmm. and the possible effects that those might have on the human system. Glyphosate, as you probably know, is We're not talking Roundup. Roundup. Uh-huh. It is patented. Um, it was first a mineral chelator. They used it uh-huh. in the industrial um, pipe industry to clean out pipes. And then it was also um, patented as an antibiotic. So it'll wipe out the microbiome. And it's the most popular pesticide, of course, or a weed killer. And I know I've heard other people who are concerned about autoimmune diseases worrying about this compound. And do we have pretty good evidence that there is a connection? Or are we just trying to connect dots and saying this is a, maybe it's an innocent bystander, but the association seems to be pretty much of concern? How, how would you put it? Um, I think that's a difficult question in yeah, some yeah. ways mm-hmm. because... Uh, the research has not been required to, to be done, right? Because pretty much since it was released onto the market, we've said, oh, this is a safe product. So there's not really any pressure on the company to do those kinds of safety um, studies. Right. And the ones that have been done, maybe they're shorter term. But I think they're and, – and whatever studies have been done are usually um, – Someone in, in the industry will say that what's wrong with that study, right? Okay, will criticize enough, it. And so I, I think, yeah, maybe 
I think with with evidence-based medicine, you can find whatever evidence you want to for whatever side. So let, let's make it practical. And you're basically saying, hey, there's a lot of these concerns here. You avoided all the GMOs. We avoid high-risk GMO foods. Mm-hmm. We have, we tell people about glyphosate and how it's sprayed on pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. And we we also will soak and sprout your high lectin foods to decrease the lectins, which can cause intestinal damage. And increases nutrient availability, and we do have references for those in the cookbook. Okay, okay. We have 50, over 50 references in the cookbook. So this is exciting stuff. You're experiencing benefits. You're back to your normal level or better than normal level of functioning. Is that safe to say? I think. I'm functioning much better than I have in 20 years. Tremendous, tremendous. And have you been sharing this with patients? Oh, yes. What kind of responses are you getting from patients when you share this stuff? Okay, well, okay, patients... I, I don't see a whole lot of patients in the clinic anymore. Okay. I operate pretty much. Oh, okay. And Fair so, enough. Okay. But I've had some patients, when they find out that I've published a cookbook, uh-huh. they say, oh, I'm going to get that. You know? Right, and great. so I, I can share that way. Um, I do more with, like, social media now. Okay. Fair I, enough. And at the Lifestyle Center, I go to the Lifestyle Center, and I help with some lectures, and um, I try to help get the word out. That's why I wrote the cookbook. Okay. So you live in Northern California. I live in Washington State. I fly down there. Oh, okay. Okay. So if someone wants to get the cookbook, the autoimmune plant-based cookbook, how do they pick up a copy? Amazon. Okay. That's easy. Amazon. But they got to remember your name. And they can go to drjoycechad.com. You can read my my blog there about what it's like to go to the Lifestyle Center. Uh-huh. And uh, we also have a, a group on Facebook. It's called the Plant-Based Gut Health Group. Okay, and I'm trying to get this all out. Let, let, be patient with me. So it's Dr. Joyce. Chen. Now, most people would pronounce it Cho the way it's spelled. Right. So spell this out for us. D-R, right? Uh-huh. Dr. Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E. Uh-huh. And then it's C-H-O-E. Dot com. Dot com. Okay. DrJoyceChad.com. Okay. And then on Facebook, you can go to my, my page, Dr. Joyce Chad, or you can go to the group, Plant-Based Gut Health Group. We have... I think 550 members, and it's wow. growing every day. We try Great. to support people on this journey because I know it's overwhelming for mm-hmm. people. And so, like, at this convention, we brought all of our own food. We don't eat out okay, anywhere because enough. you can't, you don't know how people are prepping mm-hmm, the food. Mm-hmm. And so we, we bring our own food. We go to the grocery store, and, you know, um, we, we just make sure that we're going to have good quality things to eat while we're here. And we try to make it fun. So we we take pictures and we post. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, very good. We have got to step away. You've been a great guest. And uh, it's good timing because right now the uh, announcer is saying they're trying to chase us out of the okay. exhibit hall. But yeah. before we run, we've got, to, we've got to just say one final thank you. And uh, for those of you who need to hear it one more time, the autoimmune plant-based cookbook, Dr. Joyce Che. Whether I'm pronouncing the Korean last name correctly or not, (laughs) it is spelled C-H-O-E. And if you can remember Dr. Joyce, Che.com, they'll come to your website. Joyce, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Continued success in your work. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Well, that's all for today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Hopefully today's show has reconnected you with some of those traditional Native values that you've held in esteem for years. If you're not Native, hopefully you've realized the power of simple lifestyle changes. I'm Dr. DeRose for all of us wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.